Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. The world's bleak, the world could be horrible, so we're here to bring you a bit of light, a bit of light, a bit of light, a bit of joy. Once again, I'm Brad and I'm joined by Stu. How you doing, Stu? Not bad this week, to be quite honest. Yeah, it's been pretty good and I've been reminiscing about my holiday from a couple of weeks back that was really nice. And though the weather's not as good anymore, it's still kind of like, you know, feeling good and warm about the summer. Yeah, it was, uh, there was a bit of a breeze out the other day and it was so welcome. I think you've got it way worse than I have. Up north, it's just, it's it's gone back to fairly predictable kind of, oh, you know, it's going to rain for quite a lot of the time. And we've had, yeah, we've had about four days of rain over the last six. It, it's grim up north. It certainly is. <laughs> I, I still want to move back, though. I still want to move back to Liverpool. Yeah, it, that is a great place. Yeah. Love it. Or Nosley, rather. If we're going to yeah. be precise, I was in Nosley. Yeah, yeah. No. But yeah, no, it's... I, I think we do another heat wave, but God, that one we had was horrible. Did not like it one little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit of a challenge, that one, without any air conditioning. It was like going down to the supermarket for a breath of, well, cold air, because they have great air con. Yes. We did have a nice breath of fresh air. Do you know what's really positive at the moment? Look at the women's Euros. It's a real positive thing at the moment. It is. Feel good vibes. Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, that game against Sweden the other day. It was excellent. And I can't say much at the moment because I'm under my own personal NDA and I've got ears listening. But I'll have a lot more to talk about next week. Hey, um, excellent. Because a certain someone might have some T I C K E T S for a certain F I N A L. <laughs> God, who's going to work out that code? I can't break that code, Brad. It's, that's too sophisticated for me. Well, I'm, ho- I'm hoping that the the, the, the little ears card. That's the, that's the main thing, yeah. Because <laughs> yes. I guess the excitement levels would go slightly off the charts if that happened. Yes. Well, we we're going to on the uh, morning. Do something to surprise her, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, cool. But in the meantime, do you know what else is surprising? What the amount of video games they've asked you? Yeah, yeah, it is a constant surprise because there are tons out there. That wasn't a bad segue. I not live with it. Not my best, not my worst. Just nicely in the middle. I think that one. Yeah, far from your worst. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you been playing? So, to kick off with, I've been playing X-Zodiac, which is a homage, slash rip-off, slash homage, because it kind of comes back around again, to Star Fox. And, yeah, Star Fox is is a funny one. It was, as everybody knows, you know, it, it was like this great big hit on the SNES mm. all those years ago, back in about 1990, 91, and then it's kind of never been treated properly again. It kind of... They were doing a sequel, and then that got canned because it was far too close to the end of the the SNES's life. There's been various sequels in name only. There's been a couple of pseudo-sequels that have not been great. And then there was uh, Star Fox or Star Wing Zero, which is the one where you have to use the Wii U pad to steer. And it's Mm. like very, very strange because all people wanted from it was a very basic auto-scrolling on-rails sure, and it they kept going away from it. Anyway, so to redress this balance, 
a indie dev has come up with Exodiac, which is basically Star Fox with era-appropriate graphics. And, you know, that very kind of flat-shaded polygonal look. It's got a load of dithering, which is where you use, like, a checkerboard pattern instead of true transparencies. So it looks visually identical to that style in Star Fox. Yeah. And um, obviously, you know, the names have been changed to protect the innocent and to stop people getting taken to court. But other than that, it's very much in the same style. And um, yeah, it's it's a really good Star Fox game. It's got really a really pleasant look to it. I think it's nicely designed. It's got all the hallmarks. So, you know, you pick a planet and then go to the planet or an area, you know, a space... It's got all very similar moves. I've not played tons of it, so I can't say if there's anything new in there, but not not so far. So it's very much kind of intended as a as a direct spiritual sequel. And um, I, I'm not a big fan of it. It's okay, but I, I've never really been a massive fan of of the Star Fox franchise, and mainly because I don't like. So what you do is you like you have your reticle and you you shoot at that reticle, but your movement and the reticle are both linked. Um, because it was designed obviously around the original well, N64 pad um, well it wasn't because it was on mm. the SNES but that that was even more basic but yeah it kind of like you move yourself and that also moves the reticle and I would like those, I like those when they're independent so Sin and Punishment came out on the N64 after it and that allows the sort of disconnect between where you're putting the reticle and where you're putting your character and I just never really got my head around being good at moving and also being good at shooting at the same time because of the way it controls but that's on me loads of people love it and if you if you love it if you love star fox you'll absolutely love this as a direct sequel it looks gorgeous it's kind of like i said you know it is the n64 style but it's kind of also a little bit playstation one-y in the way that it looks in a good way and it runs beautifully runs great on the steam deck if you're into it it's a, it's a massive thumbs up recommendation yeah, I kind of seen this about, seen it promoted uh, on various forums. Twitter's had it and, um, and things like that. It's um, is it quite tongue in cheek as well? Because um, I'm positive, and this might—I don't know whether this is me just losing the plot, but I'm positive I saw a Tesco lorry in a screenshot of a trailer. <laughs> well, I've not seen that, but it's possible. Uh, but yeah, is there a sense of humour to it, or is it like a straight up, uh, like almost sort of like spiritual remake? Uh, I've not paid a lot of attention to the text. It seems very much in the same style, which is like daring do, flashy adventurers. You know, doesn't it's not a serious thing. It's done in a kind of fairly childlike way, but it's not making jokes. You know, it's just yeah, light, light fun. Can you know, a little yeah. bit witty in places, but. You know, it's not a comedy fest or anything. Steve Deck? Yeah, as I say, runs perfectly. Um, no flaws whatsoever running it. I'm tempted. I am tempted. Um, it looks it's good budget price as well, actually. I'm just looking at it now, and it's a really decent budget price. It's, you know, less than eight quid, uh, which yeah. that, that that's very much in... Do you know what? Yeah. Yeah, ballpark there. It's like, do you know what? I fancy something to play that just like, I can turn my brain off and have a bit of fun with. This could be it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's worth a go like that. And also, it's uh, it's in early access. 
but it's got quite a few levels to it so it's it's definitely worth that money if you've got you know even a kind of fairly mild interest in it and one of those things i like is you know supporting them even if it because i bought it even though i'm not a massive fan and and you wouldn't love it but i wanted to experience it i wanted to see how people are going you know all right well there's this thing from the past and it's underexplored you know i want to support that and, and that's kind of where my desire came from and yeah at that price it's it's definitely worth chucking a bit of cash out yeah there's a lot of games actually out there that i think from the past where i've gone do you know what i'd love to see someone that now they've got more power let, let, let's see what they can do with it um, Yeah. so i so said i'm looking at that i didn't realize it's got some uh, space heavier love to it as well yeah and i've not actually gone on any levels with space area bits but Space Area is a good comparison because I love Space Area. Like, I'm, I was obsessed yeah. with it when I was a kid. And the good thing about that is no reticle, and you always fired at a particular point depending on where your you know, character was, was placed. So you had to kind of, like, mash and make sure that fire was continuous, but movement and getting out of the way <laughs> was the most important bit. So it was more like kind of... Um, a traditional vertical shooter so not a bullet hell but a traditional vertical shooter where it's like yeah fire 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 don't really think about what you're doing in terms of firing you all you're thinking about really is moving your ship and uh, space areas like that but for me star fox isn't and i as i say i i, I never thought it quite got that balance of movement and shooting right but i think i'm in the minority anyway did you play on a proper space harrier arcade cabinet yeah i completed it on a space on a proper cabinet um it, I remember how much it cost. It cost me eight quid, which in today's money is probably about several thousand. Because um, yeah. it was... Te- you like could have bought the cake. Yeah, pretty much <laughs> taken it home. And, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was like 10p a play, so that was a lot of money. Yeah, and I was not yeah. good at it. But it was worth spending the money because it was just... I just love that game. The idea of moving cabinets, though, was amazing. It's so good. Um, it's one of those... The Afterburner that done the full had like the up and down movement to it as well it was like a simulator as well yeah well they released a, a cabinet called an r360 that was one of those um i never got to use one unfortunately but yeah no it was it was there was a there was the full one but there, but there was a half one as well i'm sure that had some movement to it as well but oh had, yeah 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 there's a yeah the the main afterburner one so they had a couple of different revisions they had a stand-up and they had a well, they had a stand-up space area as well. But, um, yeah, they had a sit-down that were much more sophisticated than Thunderblade. Um, yeah. Thunderblade was, like, very mechanical, but this was much more pneumatic. And, uh, yeah, three you around all over the place, both of them. Oh, fantastic. Bring them back. Bring them back. I know. Well, those sorts of things don't age, because anything where you're thrown around in real life is, you know, really cool, so... They could do like, oh my god! You could do that doing like Rocket League, yeah, in the arcades, like a lab version of Rocket League on like a Afterburner or like a Space Harrier style simulator chair. Oh yeah, there we go. There's your money right there. Yeah, I don't really know why then they're not around, you know, because I mean you could do it because they cost a they lot cost of money. a lot of money. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> also it's not it's not just the cost of the initial layout. It's or the development as much it's the the maintenance so you, you're selling them and you have mm. to be like they're gonna have to have like maintenance at least once a month which is arcade operators are just gonna go nah just fill that space with a load of 
coin up machines load of one on bandits or whatever they are yeah or now what they're doing is putting basically uh main units in there um, yeah but a good arcade machine or a good cabinet makes a average game brilliant and a bad game fun uh, yeah. Because I've played 18 Wheeler recently. Um, and do you know what? That's not aged very well. It's not a good game at all. Yeah. But you sit me in a mock 18 Wheeler cab, and all of a sudden that game's brilliant. Yeah, no, absolutely agree. Uh, there's like, uh, what was it? Jurassic Park. Was it called Jurassic Park The Gun or whatever? Um, yes. And Jambo Safari. And like, you know, like objectively, as shooting games, they're naff. Like they're really kind of rubbish. But just the physicality of, of being able to play them, just the way that they, you yeah. know, operate, makes it fun. And you're right. Yeah, yeah. It adds so much to it. God damn! Now I want to go to an arcade. Oh, don't. We went to one when I was on holiday. The holiday I've just spoken about, and there were almost no cabs, which was so depressing. But um, yeah, we visited. We visited. Um, Charmouth, which is by Lyme Regis and Dorset for mm. the day. And uh, th- there was an arcade there. And one thing they did have is they had the original Daytona... I don't think it was a reproduction. The original Daytona cab. And it was flawless. It was like mint, uh, including the CRTs, including the, the monitors in them. Oh. It was absolutely mint. And I was like... I was pointing at it and like shaking Mel, my wife. And I was going, look out, look at it. Look. Have they kept it like that? And she was just like, can, can we go now? Yes, dear. Yeah, yes, dear. Can, can we leave? <laughs> I was just like... And, yeah. And you inquired as to how much it would cost for you to take it home, <laughs> surely. Oh, my God. It's bigger than my house, those things. They're bigger than my house. Okay, it's still my dream to own that cabinet. Yeah. It is oh, fabulous. I want it four-player. Yeah, we... I'll take two-player, but I want four-player. Yeah, yeah. Or even eight-player. Oh, <laughs> God. I saw what's the most I saw at once. It was either four or six, I think. Yeah, there were two in this one, which was still pretty impressive, and both of them flawless. So, oh, nice. We promised no tangents this week. We to ourselves before recording, we said no rambling, no tangents. I know. Get me onto arcades, and that's it. I, one last thing yeah. before we finish this topic. Um, yes. I, I was uh, secure. The security team at work needed to help, like sort out some upgrades updates on my pc so the guy like connected in and we were chatting you know on face to face and in the background he had an arcade cabinet and as you may imagine we then carried on to have a conversation for about 30 minutes about viewlex candy cabs about you know system 16 boards about uh mvs four slots and six slots and uh, you just went on for ages um so it happens in work as well as it happening on the podcast just to reassure people nice nice what arcade cabinet did he have uh i can't remember exactly what it was it was it was a stand-up one that was similar to a candy but full stand-up and um, it wasn't an egret either, um, but he wanted. He, oh, he's got one, I think. He's, he said he's got a couple more cabs in the garage. It's just like not allowed to have them in the house. Uh, so yeah, there. But it was really nice. It was a really good one. Imagine having no kids and a garage and money and being able to do that stuff. Well, I always think with all these things, it's it's never really about. Well, I mean, it kind of is, but. It's never ultimately about the money because if you want something, you can get it, um, if, even if it takes you ten years to save for it. But it is about the space, 
you know it's like oh my god how would I transport it where would I put it you know all that kind of stuff yeah yeah and it's also about the tinkering you don't want something you could just play ah, no one wants to just play you mess around hence the reason I now have a, have a me you mini V2 that I'm using just for handheld systems yeah precisely I already got a RG351 I know I know <laughs> and, and a Steam Deck and a Vita and a 3DS. Yeah, yeah. You've got all of the uh, handhelds, pretty much. Well, yeah, but uh, next week, next week, we'll, we'll touch on this next week. We'll do a retro thing next Sounds week. Sounds good. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, right, let's but, cut it off um, there. What What have you been playing? <laughs> First one I've been playing is a 2D Souls-like called The Tarnashin of Juxtia. Uh, probably butchered that, but don't care. Um, it's basically... If you take some Blasphemous, some Dead Cells, and a couple of other known 2D Souls-like type stuff and sort of like put them together, um, someone's gone, there we go, there's another one. It's like you've got your Burger King, McDonald's, your Wimpies, and now you've got your Popeyes and all the other places and everything that's popping up. Your, your Tim Hortons, you know, Wendy's, blah, blah, blah. It's all pretty much the same stuff, so slightly different. And that's exactly what you get here with the tarnished scene and the tarnished of a juxtia. Right. Uh, competent game. Uh, does everything it needs to do competently enough, well enough. It's perfectly playable. Seen it all before, done it all before. Dead Cells does the Dead Cells things better. Blasphemous does the Blasphemous things better, etc. But do you know what? It's fairly unassuming. It's all right. Um, glad I played it. I, I like these games. I like playing these games. Um, it's not knocking. No, well, well, I'll still go back to to Dead Cells, especially, and play that just because it's so damn good. This is kind of almost one and done. I don't need it now. I've played it, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've played it. Um, a lot of people I've seen get confused, going, "Well, this isn't as good as like Metroid." So it's not a Metroid failure. It's a Souls like. It's a pure Souls like in two D. But yeah, it's it, it's it's fine. Sticking point though is the price. Unfortunately, it's twenty quid. Mm, yeah, and ugh, I've got too many games of its ilk already that I if didn't get if I didn't get this to cover, I probably wouldn't have bothered because mm. I'm looking at it at twenty quid and going, but I've got these games. And many of these games I've had for pennies. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a tough one. It's a trying to enter a market which I don't think needs much. Um, or it's coming at the wrong time. Or it's just coming at a high price. If they'd released this as a budget price, then yeah, do you know what? Absolutely fine. I, I get it. This would be sort of like well respected by people. People would fancy playing it. And, you know, at six, seven quid like you've got with Exodiac, you go maybe, yeah, do you know what? I'll have that in my library. It's just something else to play. At 20 quid, no. Um, especially when I'm about to talk like, in a bit about a game that I would pay more than double the price it's come out at for. Uh, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I would call it, and I don't want this to sound mean, the home bargain version of Blasphemous. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. 
it's funny, isn't it? Because when you when you make a game like this, it's kind of and I'm not saying it's it's this is all that it is, but when it's jumping on a bandwagon, and that's not you know, it sounds more disparaging than it is. I think it is good to jump on a bandwagon because you can help roll that bandwagon forward <laughs> if that's not too yeah. tortured an analogy but you know when you miss that window and I really think that window of there needing to be tons of 2D souls likes is gone you know it, it, we're over the hump with that one and now we're in the, it has to be yeah. good you know I think if it had come out two years ago 18 months ago even it would have been like yeah I'm buying all these things at once and blah, blah, blah. I'll pay 18 quid 20 quid yeah we're not in that I don't think we're in that era anymore now and I think yeah it needs to be either cheaper so that people who are on the fence can dip in or it needs to be um, much more expansive and and not just one more of them to justify the price yeah Uh, no you're right it needs to do something that challenges the the status quo and it's too safe Um, some of the problem is like I'm just I thought I'd best bring it up and have a look as well um to see what sort of like it's as it's being said about it and how they describe it now they describe things like risk versus reward combat as a selling point well no that that's what a souls like is it's risk versus reward um it talks about like vicious battles yep that's in every souls like um layered worlds yep that's not new anymore i expect that from a souls like etc etc um you know unique character builds yeah we've seen it um, these aren't selling points to me. You could have wrapped yeah. all that going. We've got all the to- all the souls like staples in there is enough to sell it. But you, you, these are coming off as of selling points, and I, I'm reading through them and going, right, okay, yeah, yeah. What's the what's the what's the the unique thing about this? What why do I want this over what I'm already playing? And it's just they don't even sell it enough there uh, because it's just everything about it is safe. Uh, the character designs are fine as well, but again, they just feel safe. The bosses feel just safe. Um, and again, it's not a bad game, but it's just... Uh, it's not it's not a 20 quid game that I'm going to jump in and play and take a risk on, unfortunately. Um, honestly, if you've never played a 2D Souls-like, fine, go for it. Um, I could probably recommend you... Five to ten better options, uh, but you know you pay twenty quid for this, and it's your first ever two D Souls. Like you'll probably have a great time, but maybe I'm just burnt out on them now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, no, there's as I say, always a saturation point, isn't there? And I think we've reached it with these, and they have to do something. I mean, ideally, I'd like to see it go away for a while and something else take its place. Um, but you know mm. that in the way that the indie world works these days, that doesn't really ever quite happen you know there's always something bubbling away that's just kind of you know doing the same thing doing it well but not doing it any exceptionally um but yeah no there you go let's bring back batch three puzzle dungeon crawlers <laughs> any examples i can't picture any uh yeah but i can't remember what it's called the one with the the gems and you match them and you battle these skeletons and the rats and stuff like that um i really can't remember what it's called <laughs> but it was popular a while back on like the PSP and stuff like that but mine's gone blank on what it's actually called <laughs> but I really enjoyed it and I completed it about three four times over alright cool uh, but yeah mine's gone blank but yeah bring back those bring back those 
And Henry Hatsworth, that's another one as well. Bring back Henry Hatsworth. That was a match free RPG style yeah. game, endless runner thing. Yeah. You know, I think it's time. I think it's time. Well, there's something I want brought back that I will talk about at another point, maybe later if we have time, but not for now. <laughs> so, we've been tarnishing, we've been zodiacid. What else have you been doing? I've been hunting down. Uh, so, yeah, I picked up Hunt Down on PC. Uh, yeah, which, yes. yeah. And um, it's very good. It's kind of a mashup between, well, loads of different things. It's a it's, you know, huge influence of sort of late 80s, early 90s scrolling shooters. Uh, very much in the vein of like Rolling Thunder and, you know, to a lesser extent, um, Sunset, what's it called? Um, what's it called? Sunset. Sunset Riders. Riders. I was like, Heroes? No, that's not right. Cowboys? No, too obvious. Sunset Heroes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sunset Riders. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of got that kind of a feel. You know, it's 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 very... Um, Robocop versus Terminator is a big influence as well, and Robocop Arcade. Mm. And, uh, yeah, what it's got as a, as a unique selling point, more than anything, is you use cover a lot like it's very strategic with cover so which is not very common obviously in in 2d kind of shooting games but because it's got that 16 9 ratio and you can see stuff ahead it works really well so yeah you have to duck in and out of cover like both vertically so behind boxes but also into the screen so into doorways and and other kind of shelters and the enemies do the same thing so you know they're they're only ducking out of cover for a short time and you have to hit them when they're doing that and other than that it's kind of it plays as you'd expect you've got lots of weapon power-ups and you can you've got alternate weapons that are very powerful but have limited ammo and you can choose between different characters like there are three at least at the start it's really 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 good it's very polished it's got a really strong kind of Terminator aesthetic, you know, very cyberpunky, but very 80s cyberpunk, very kind of mohawks and neon lights and, uh, you know, distressed environments and all that. Uh, it's just really, really good. Very, very polished. I mean, I, I have a I have a running kind of issue with these games, these modern recreations, and that's you don't often feel powerful enough. I'm not sure whether it's because of the audio or simply because your guns don't do enough damage but I do feel sometimes that there's not that arcade immediacy of oh my god you're you're really powerful you're a glass cannon everything's falling with one shot Uh, but you have to be like really careful because you you you're a glass cannon you you lose loads of health just from one hit you do lose loads of health from one hit in this but I'm not sure you quite deal out as much damage as I was like as I would like but other than that it's a really excellent game. It's very cheap on PC. Works perfectly again on the on the deck. And yeah, yeah, definite thumbs up for me. And yeah, looking forward to playing even more of it. It's beautiful as a game. Um, it that it, it, it's basically got in. Oh God, what did we love about the eighties action movies and just like the the uh, the eighties futuristic movies? It's just all going in. Let's just put it all in there. Yeah. Um, we are we are making the most outstanding. It's full of chocolate. It's full of fudge. It's full of sprinkles. It's full of cream, ice cream, bananas, strawberries, wafers. Everything we love <laughs> yeah. is going into this dessert. Yeah. 
Um, it's, I mean, there's a, I think there's a lovely overture of Blade Runner that seems to sort of like encapsulate everything. And then, as you said, you've got that, that 80s Robocop style griminess to it as well in certain areas. Um, when I played it, I definitely felt badass. You, you are right in what you say that a lot of games that try and follow up from sort of like what we had in the 80s, you, you feel like, yeah, you, you have got the power, but you can't use it. Uh, whereas one thing I remember from 80s action movies is the action star could somehow be imperious to, to, to bullets. Impervious, imperious, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. Um, to, to bullets, they could take shots and they would still get through it. Um, and I want to see that in my 80s action hero game genres, that I want to just be able to take like so much damage um, maybe change it up that you walk slower or, you know, you drag yourself through to take on enemies until you get health packs, not other than the, you're dead. Uh, because that's what's missing from, like, just the, the, the power fantasy that comes with them. But Hunt Showdown, you are right, it is so good. It, I, you know, for me, I really enjoy the pixel art. is beautiful, especially. And I have I had a great time playing it. And you thought, what, I might stick that on a bit later. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. It's um, the 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 characters are very very small on the deck. That's one one drawback. Um, mm. Not because you can't see what's going on. Um, you know, with my eyesight anyway, I can I can see what's going on. But um, I think you know strategy and planning and um, and just enjoyment of the visuals themselves I think would be better on a bigger screen because it's so small. Um, also, I I think it would play better with a stick than than a pad. Um, but you know. I feel that about every game that isn't analog, <laughs> it doesn't use analog controls. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 a, a hearty kind of recommend from me. It's just a really good one. Like you say, just just up the damage a little bit. Just give give you like you say that power fantasy a bit more, and uh, it would have been absolutely perfect. But as it stands, yeah, really good. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, yeah, you, I'm gonna put this one back up. Bye. Uh, don't think I've played arcade mode properly, so I might just boot straight into arcade mode and play that. I've not really, I've not touched that yet. I have to have a go myself. Um, yeah, I think I played the main main game through um, on Switch. I want to think so. I might, actually, I might need to play it all through on the uh, Steam Deck again. <laughs> but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely going back into that. Um, oh, now what if we could? Do you know what we should tie test maybe next week? What it's shared co-op i don't think it's got online co-op so we could try the steam play together oh yeah see if that's that's supported maybe mm, give it a go um i'll just have a look now it is supported remote play together nice nice so we will do that i think that's a good idea yeah definitely um but yeah no brilliant um absolutely love that game um but anyway, moving on from something that's like 80s power fantasy uh, um, to something that is the absolute not that. And it is Lord Winklebottom Investigates. Hey, um, best title of the year. It's a great title um, and it's a great game as well. Now, it comes out today as of recording. Couldn't talk about this last week because of the embargo. Um, it's the 26th, I think, so I could have started talking about it the other day. But, obviously, podcast came out before that, blah, blah, blah. So, 
click. It's a point and click adventure, detective adventure type thing, uh, with a cool narrative set in the nineteen twenties. Um, you know the drill. You know you've seen it all before. These sort of things, what you probably haven't seen before, are these Monty Python esque animal caricatures who are the main characters from lord wigglebottom himself who's a giraffe to your hippo sidekick to sort of like a, a t like definitely a, a toad that's in there it's like a bit toad a toad hall-esque in, in it there's bulldogs there's all kinds of animals there's cats pelicans goats the lot um and it's a, like a proper murder mystery um and it's almost like someone's written an Agatha Christie, Primo, but in a light-hearted manner. Um, think almost Knives Out, in a way, in terms of the way it approaches some of the humour. Um, and just, it's general point and click. Um, like, very early, you've got to, like, get on a boat. Like, the prologues, you've got to get on this boat to go out and start your main, like, investigations and stuff like that. And you go, oh, where's where's the guy that we like? That where's the person we need to take? And who's going to take us? Oh, he's in the pub, drunk, but he's locked himself in. So the owner of the pub needs you to get in there. Uh, but the keys are locked upstairs. But you're a giraffe, um, so <laughs> right. I wonder how you might get. So how you get in? And then you kind of do this, and you go in, and the fire needs to be turned out um, uh, to. Uh, fire needs to be turned on, sorry, to warm the place up so that you can then convince the like the uh, ship captain to leave. And you go, remember earlier that he said, oh, a breeze comes through, which is why this window's now shut. So you do stuff and you have to do other stuff. And you know, that long-winded way of just getting onto a boat. Um, it's almost like, again, it's me telling a story um, in game form. Nice. <laughs> um, but... This is what it this is what it is, okay? The game's brilliant, the point and click stuff works really well. Um, visually looks absolutely lovely. Where this game wins is in the voice acting. Um, now gonna go back slightly. Disco Elysium may not have been the first, okay, but it's definitely the one that showed, I think, modern developers this is what we've got to hit. This is the standard we have to hit now in terms of voice acting in these sort of games. Yeah. Because Lord Winklebottom Investigates is fully voice acted. And I welcome that. It's nice, chunky graphics. The text is, like, easy to read. They've really thought about it. I've not even had to think about accessibility options in this game. Um, so kudos to that. Whoever's made this game, whether they did it on purpose or not, I don't know. But for someone who has accessibility options, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think to go and check before we started recording. Um, fully voice acted. Now, the issue you get with fully voice acted stuff is that if it's not voice acted well, it becomes horrid to listen to. You get bored or you're kind of like, oh, I'll just read it instead. Yeah. Um, no, not here. Um, this is so full of charm um i'm going to absolutely give uh cave monsters uh the developers something they can put on the on the uh, box quote any box quote they want this has more charm than the pandora factory or the fan sorry more charm than the pandora warehouse even um it is just i i i, I sat there 
like playing it and I was like I've got to turn this off I only wanted to make sure it worked but the way the characters interact the the, the British voices work really really well it, you know they, they do upper class British so well but then you get like the workers and the, uh, the people who work at the docks have got that voice acting down perfectly and I think there's only like three or four voice actors or five maybe something like that but they bounce off each other so so well it feels natural and if I'm being totally, totally honest, you completely forget that these are giraffes and things like that. Yeah. Which I think is a very special trait for a game to have that you're not taking in. Like, first of all, you go, <laughs> that's quite funny or that's quite cute or whatever. But that then doesn't even register as you go through the game. Um, it's got good humour. Um, I got an achievement for early on. Where before you get going, you're like your uh, Dr. Watson style psychic uh, wants a, a cup of tea. So you make you make a cup of tea, and you they teach you. It's obviously teach you to like the point and click how you interact and stuff like that. So you do it, um, and I made the cup of tea as you should by I put the water in first and then the milk. I hand it, and I get an achievement as the uh, pop up on the on the Steam Deck that says. Uh, 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 water before milk and at the same time my sidekick he's complaining and that I've made his tea wrong and <laughs> it's really cool he's like something along the lines of oh you've put the uh, water in before the milk you know it's not how I would make it but a cup of tea is a cup of tea you know kind of thing and it's just that charm is all over it from start to I've not quite finished yet but I, I've not got bored of it. I've not gone, oh, yeah, but I've got to listen to all this again. I, I love listening to it. Um, I love playing it. The story it works really well. You feel like a detective in places. Um, it's almost a celebration of... of our differences, in a way. And I think the animals represent that really, really well. Um, you know, there's things that are high society that you almost wouldn't expect to be high society. Um, and it's just, they all come together and you get a class system in there without it being thrown in your face. Um, and the fact that you are a gentleman giraffe who wears a monocle and, you know, smokes a pipe, it's just brilliant. And yeah, absolutely wonderful game. And it's, you know, it's 15 quid and I would happily, you know, I would at 30, 40 quid, I would go get out, get this game right now. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That presentation is so important. Like you say, you know, yeah, absolutely really important. And definitely the acting, you know, totally. <laughs> it's I just, it, it's transformational when it, when they get it right. And it sounds like an absolutely fantastic, um, a type of, of, uh, adventure. So how tough would you say it is? Is it, a real brain scratcher or is it kind of at points yes but not we're not going as obtusers you know like some of the point and click adventures back in like the 80s and 90s where you kind of without cheating there's no way you could have worked it out right um everything is signposted subtly um, you do need to remember some conversations maybe for some bits and maybe there's a little bit of trial and error but not too much not too much I've, I don't think I've got to a point where I've been stumped there are a couple of points and this is what I won't lie do you know sometimes you play and you get to a point where look 
I've got this thing that I could use and this would work. And the game goes, yeah, but that's not what we want you to use. Right. Even though it might work. Um, like, like very early on when you've got to get some keys out of a top window, I had some netting or something. And I went, well, I could just throw that at it. And that would, you know, if I was doing this properly, I just hook it with that. Anything just to hook it so so could reach it. But the game's going, not this. You're not using this. Uh, you need to use what we tell you to use. Um, and that's it. That's frustrating, but it's not too much of that. Overall, it works and uh, comes together pretty well. Cool. Yeah, that's good. I, I like um, I like it when they have those just press this button to solve this puzzle for you kind of option. Um, yeah. Quite rare, but it's, it's good when it happens because, you know, I'm dumb and I need them. I need that occasionally. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, but I said, I don't think if I could get through this game without it, then I don't think it becomes an issue. It's, I, I get frustrated and I quite often go to, oh, just give me the bloody answer. Um, and I've not had that yet. Cool. Good. I'm going to check it out, definitely. Yes, out today. Um, what time it comes out? Is it out now? I don't know, or whether it comes out in a bit. I think it's actually out now. Um, yeah. I think you can actually go and pick it up and play it right this second. Well, you definitely can by the time you're listening to this. This is more for you, Stu. You can come off this this audio recording, or well, this podcast, as the kids call it, and play it straight away. Nice. Nice. But yeah, that's it, that's it for me. I kind of got sidetracked by those. And I've also started playing Disco Elysium again, because I started playing it on the Switch previously. And it was all too small for me on the Switch. Um, so I've kind of forgot what I played anyway. So I've started playing that again. Um, cool. That's still really good. But it's not as charming. It's probably a better game. Um, and it's more serious and longer and so many different branching paths. It's not as charming as Lord Wind- Winklebottom. No. Cool. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Uh, but that's it for me. Um, really? That's, that's, I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. What else to do? <laughs> Well, uh, you could show up now. Do I want to? Don't <laughs> yeah. I, want I never want to. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I will shut up now. Yeah. I never want to either. But yeah, apart from that, we hope that you have a good week to come. Follow us on all the socials. As usual, join our Discord if you fancy to chat about anything at all, including mental health. And in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane. Stay safe and stay sane.